0: today we have uh, the distinct pleasure of um, Drs. Olga Gornick and uh, Dr. Nadja Redmond joining us from the University of Zagreb, Faculty of Pharmacy and Biochemistry, and the title of the talk is N-glycosylation and its Genetic Regulation in Type 1 Diabetes. Uh, just a quick little intro, um, uh, Professor Olga Gornick is the head of the Department of Biochemistry and Molecular Biology at the University of Zagreb, uh, Faculty of Pharmacy and Biochemistry, and she's leading a team of scientists who explore the role and biomarker potential of end glycosylation in diabetes. Recently, thanks to Professor Grant Morahan, um, who is um, a leading expert in type 1 diabetes from the University of Western Australia in Perth, uh, their collaboration with the University of Copenhagen uh, enabled us uh, them to analyze end glycosylation of plasma proteins and IgG in 2,000 children with recent Um, onset type one diabetes from Dan Diab Kids. Um, Dr. Nadja Rudman is a postdoctoral researcher at the University of Zagreb. She obtained her PhD using these results. The study exposed the biomarker potential of of N-glycome in type one diabetes and identified novel points in its genetic regulations. They are now eagerly continuing their research in type one diabetes, aiming to A, test predictive value of glycans and risk assessment of unaffected individuals using samples from NDIA study, And B, identify the B cells, or the B cells, n glycome characteristic for the disease. Um, As we know, it's uh, been characterized in T-cells. And finally, C, they would like to, um, or they aim to study differential potential of N-glycosylation in different autoimmunity to hopefully contribute to understanding diagnosis, management, and, and possibly prevention of type 1 diabetes. Their recent excellent paper, Children at Onset of Type 1 Diabetes, showed altered N glycosylation of plasma proteins and IgG was published in Diabetologia, 2022, August. And um, so welcome, uh, both uh, Drs. Gornick and Redmond. Thank you very much for joining us.
1: Thank you for your invitation, yeah.
0: Thank you for invitation. Great, so yeah, so take it away.
1: Okay, thank you for your kind introduction. So as you all heard, we come from the University of uh, Zagreb. Zagreb is capital of Croatia and the main research field of our group is the field of glycobiology. So actually we explore uh, biomarker potential uh, of N-glycans and their uh, involvement in uh, development of different uh, diseases. So for those who are maybe not familiar with this term, N-glycosylation is a complex enzymatically regulated process by which complex oligosaccharide structures uh, are added to lipids and proteins mainly to our, uh, in our body. Uh, it is also important to mention that contrary to proteins, there is no direct genetic template for glycans. So the structure of glycans is actually written in the complex network of genes. And of course, environmental factors also influence their final structures. As you can see it on the right part, these are just examples of different glycan structures. Uh, these structures can differ in the composition of monosaccharide units, degree of branching, complexity, type of linkages that are present between different monosaccharide units. It is also very important to know that glycans uh, are structural components of nearly all proteins in our body. And not just proteins, lipids are also glycosylated. And recently, it was also discovered that non coding RNA also carry glycans. Here uh, in this illustration you can see uh, that the uh, surface of our cells are covered with thick layer of glycans and this dense thick layer is called glycocalyx so the glycans are actually the first molecules that comes in interaction with uh, other cells, pathogens, other molecules, et cetera. But not only uh, membrane proteins are glycosylated, uh, uh, almost all circulatory proteins are glycosylated. So this is the example of alpha-1 acid glycoprotein. And from uh, this uh, picture, you can see that it possesses five uh, different glycosylation sites. Uh, Each of these sites can be occupied with different Glycan. And what is also uh, very important that uh, at the same site, different structures can be present, uh, resulting in different glycoforms of the same protein. And these differences actually uh, carry the great biomarker potential of glycans, since these glycan structures are very... Um, sensitive to all pathophysiological processes that are occurring in cells. So today we know that n is changed in many diseases, and it is also important to mention that it is very stable within an individual during the period of homeostasis, so it adds to its uh, diagnostic potential, and the changes in the glycosylation occur very rapidly when something is wrong in the cell. So uh, this uh, always gives great potential to glycans in prediction, stratification, and differentiation uh, in many uh, different diseases. Uh, Above that, um, glycans possess great inter-individual variation within population. And that makes them uh, great potential tools uh, in uh, modern personalized medicine approaches in medicine. And this is why in 2012, even the US National Academies recognized glycoscience as a field that will be needed to realize the goals of personalized medicine and that glycans are directly involved in the pathophysiology of every major um, disease. Uh, maybe for this uh, audience and uh, this topic, it is important to explain that uh, glycosylation complexity is an evolutionary process. So glycans present on the surfaces of pathogens are different than the uh, that in higher organisms such as mammals. And this difference actually is the basis of molecul- molecular sensing and self-non-self discrimination. Uh, both innate and adaptive immune cells are equipped with a variety of glycan-recognizing receptors such as galactins, C-type, lactins, suglax, and et cetera. And uh, when they recognize the different glycosylation forms on the pathogens, they uh, initiate either pro or anti-inflammatory responses. Glycans can also modulate the activity and function of immune cells, which I will talk a bit later in context of type one diabetes, as well as the um, effector functions of antibodies. When it comes to antibodies, um, of course, uh, immunoglobulin G is the best-studied glycoprotein. Uh, For long, it is known that it has uh, one glycosylation site at FC region, that's on asparagine 297, uh, where biantenary glycan is attached, and um, uh, over maybe, I don't know, for over the last few years, Scientists are also aware that uh, about 20 to 30% of uh, molecules of our IgG also are glycosylated at FAB part. And uh, although um, we actually carry very similar structure, very or, or better to say the same type of glycan, biantenary glycan, it is important to mention that these glycans differ in monosaccharide composition and um, with this uh, glycan on FAB reg- region being more sialylated, so uh, there is much more glycans bearing sialic acid, and uh, for instance, bisecting LUCNAC uh, here uh, on FAB region than glycans on uh, on FC region. Uh, Uh, IgG, it is also important that IgG effector functions are controlled by these glycans on FC FC region, and uh, they define whether IgG will have a pro or anti-inflammatory function. For instance, the absence of this core fucose at the core of the glycan actually increases ADCC, while addition of salic acid at the end of the glycan Uh, reduces affinity for FC um, gamma receptor and uh, makes antibody anti-inflammatory. So this is important maybe to have in mind while uh, performing glycoengineering, for instance of uh, intravenous uh, immunoglobulins, et cetera. Uh, I also wanted to mention here that in some uh, of uh, the previous talks at uh, Sugar Science, I noticed that for instance, uh, I think it was Dr. Jacobson uh, that she uh, was searching for, let's say potential biomarkers to follow the response to immunotherapy. So maybe uh, glycosylation of IgG could be one possible uh, biomarker or one possible target. When it comes to uh, glycosylation of FIB region, now we also know that uh, glycans present of, on Fab region uh, influence the function of uh, IgG. Uh, As expected, uh, their most important um, role is in antigen binding, where um, steric or charge repulsions occur due to negatively charged salic acid uh, at the end of these glycans, and um, that that influence the affinity for antigen uh, binding. And glycosylation of IgG is changed in many different autoimmune diseases. Here is the example of uh, the best studied rheumatoid arthritis from the uh, uh, side of glycosylation. And here is just the example from which you can see that glycosylation of IgG changes during uh, different stages of the disease, and it can be used to monitor disease uh, activity. So uh, over the last few years, uh, by our group and others, it was shown that N-glycosylation is involved in diabetes development and not just type 1 diabetes, but also type 2 and monogenic diabetes. But glycans are not only involved in different pathophysiological processes behind the development of these diseases, but they also possess great uh, biomarker potential in differentiating between different diabetes subtypes. But today, uh, type 1 diabetes is the most uh, interesting to to us. So I just wanted to share uh, some previous knowledge on the importance of glycosylation in uh, this type of diabetes. As I already uh, mentioned, glycans uh, influence T cell activation. And how do they do that? There is one enzyme called N-acetylglycosamine transferase 5, which, which is actually responsible for the formation of this complex, highly branched the glycans and when these glycans are present on these T cell receptors, uh, then they uh, limit uh, the TCR mobility and clustering. They uh, galactin-3 binds to them for um, uh, lattice uh, formation of lattice uh, occur and uh, it also increases the retention time on cell surface. Contrary to that loss of of MAGAT5 expression, so uh, the loss of this uh, complexity in glycosylation, when we have uh, TCRs glycosylated with much less complex, so let's say this um, smaller glycans, uh, it results in their uh, clustering and uh, t cell activation so actually it decreases threshold of t cell activation and hyperimmune response and increases susceptibility uh, to autoimmune um, development to autoimmunity uh, also, uh, many genes for different glycosyl transferases were identified as connected uh, to type 1 diabetes. Maybe the, the uh, best studied example is the FUT2 gene. It's a gene for uh, glycosyl transferase that, added, that uh, adds alpha 1, 2 fucose to the uh, galactose on glycans, uh, which was identified as one of the causal candidate genes for type 1 diabetes. And uh, it is also known that glycosylation is associated with complications in type 1 diabetes. Here is the example of the association of glycans with uh, renal complications in uh, patients with type 1, uh, adult patients with type 1 um, diabetes. But actually the cross-sectional study in type 1 diabetes from side of glycosylation has never been uh, performed before. So thanks to Professor Grant Morahan and Fleming Pasio, we actually got into possession of plasma samples from uh, almost 2,000 children from Danish register of children and adolescents with uh, diabetes and 200 uh, of their healthy uh, siblings. We analyzed uh, N-glycoms uh, of their total plasma proteins, their IgG. Uh, and we identify differences, as well as afterwards identify gene variants that are responsible for these uh, differences. But uh, since this was the part of the PhD um, thesis of my previous doctoral student, now postdoc Nida Rudman, I would like her to present. She would, yeah, she would be the best person to present this study and its uh, results. Thank you. For
0: uh, thank you. Introduction. Um, yeah, go ahead, Naja, take over. Uh, Okay, do you see my uh, slide? Perfect. Okay,
2: Uh, so first uh, I would just like to warmly uh, welcome everyone listening to this talk uh, and send our greetings from faraway Croatia. Uh, Today (laughs) I'm delighted to present and discuss uh, with your audience results generated throughout my PhD studies. Uh, And just before starting uh, with these results, uh, I wanted to share a quick overview how anglic is uh, usually performed. So uh, glycans are complex non-linear structures and their analysis was challenging. Uh, We still can't look um, uh, specifically uh, at the glycoprotein, but instead we mainly focus uh, on glycopeptides or on uh, release glycans. Uh, And then we study uh, those glycans usually by uh, liquid chromatography or by uh, capillary electrophoresis. Or for example, when we cut uh, glycoproteins into glycopeptides, uh, we usually uh, then uh, uh, analyze them by mass uh, spectrometry. Uh, so uh, to date, uh, we developed um, high throughput methods uh, for plasma uh, protein and glycosylation for IgG and glycosylation. And uh, recently we also developed uh, these methods for alpha-1 acid glycoprotein and uh, for complement uh, C-free protein. So, on this slide, you can see how um, the output of this uh, analysis uh, looks like. So, actually, uh, here uh, is uh, represented uh, this representative chromatogram of uh, plasma and glycom, and on the bottom part of the picture, uh, and glycom of uh, IgG. So, um, if you take a closer look, you can see uh, some differences in their glycan composition. So, for example, for plasma glycans, uh, we can uh, identify uh, very complex, highly branched uh, structures, whereas uh, within IgGN glycan, those structures uh, are not present. So the most complex IgGN glycan is actually dc related IgGN glycan, uh, B-antenary DC glycan. So uh, also after this analysis, when we uh, get our data, we need to uh, perform uh, uh, also some uh, complex steps in order to, uh, statistically analyze uh, uh, this data. So we uh, usually do quality control. Uh, We do, uh, for example, uh, correction uh, to remove technical variation. Uh, We uh, transform uh, our data to normal distribution and uh, usually we correct uh, this data for age and gender because uh, in many studies of the general uh, population, uh, it was determined that uh, glycosylation is associated with uh, gender and age. Now I will finally start with the part that concerns N-glycosylation changes uh, of plasma proteins and IgG and its genetic regulation in recent onset type 1 diabetes. So our collaboration as Olga already mentioned with the uh, University of Western Australia and University uh, of Denmark uh, resulted in novel insights uh, into the glycom and genome interplay uh, at the onset of this disease. And these results were recently published in one of the leading European uh, diabetes journals, uh, Diabetologia. Uh, so this was actually the first study of plasma protein and, and uh, IGGN glycosylation at the onset of this disease. Uh, and this study as Olga already mentioned, uh, included almost 2000 children uh, with new onset type one diabetes. So their plasma samples were taken within three months uh, of the disease diagnosis. And also for a subset of this uh, population, uh, we received uh, samples uh, from their uh, healthy siblings so um, uh, if you uh, if you can see from this slide our study was actually divided into the primary study which comprised only diseased children so almost 2000 children with the disease and follow up uh, family based study where we had sib pairs affected and unaffected sib pairs and uh, when we uh, obtain this uh, N-glycosylation data of this cohort, we use this uh, to uh, check for differences between uh, children with recent onset type 1 diabetes and their healthy siblings, and later uh, to construct type 1 diabetes discriminative model. So uh, our results show that the onset of this disease is actually associated uh, with increase in some very simple N-glycans. So here um, we observed increase in high mannose glycans some glycans which terminate uh, with uh, uh, N-acetylglucosamine. Uh, we also observed increase uh, in IgG-DC and we observed decrease uh, in monogalactosylation. So, Based on these results, uh, we constructed type 1 diabetes discriminative model, which included age sex together with N-glycans. And uh, these models uh, yielded notable discriminative uh, power between children with uh, recent type 1 diabetes and their healthy siblings with uh, area under the curve of more than 0.9 for addition of plasma and glycans and almost 0.9 for addition of IgG uh, and glycans. So uh, what is also very important to mention is that uh, in our previous study of adult uh, patients with type 1 diabetes, uh, we uh, identified completely uh, different changes uh, in their N-glycone. So, uh, for example, when we studied these adult patients with diabetes complications, actually we, we, got, uh, uh, we identified a shift toward uh, very complex glycan structures. And if you remember, in these recent cancer type 1 diabetes children, a shift in different direction was observed, so toward more simple uh, glycans. So uh, this was really important to us because uh, it may uh, uh, show that glycans may be involved in different steps of this disease. And also the glycans uh, are not just a reflection of uh, uh, glycemic uh, changes. Uh, as Olga already mentioned um, on some, uh, parts, glycan parts of uh, FAB and FC portion of IgG and how it influences uh, immunoglobulin effector functions and uh, antigen binding. I will just briefly again mention uh, uh, those glycans that were revealed uh, to be changed uh, in children at the onset of this disease and how they might uh, actually influence the IgG functions. So if you remember um, uh, from Olga's talk that uh, on the FAB fragment of the IgG, so the fragment that is responsible for antigen binding, uh, most commonly uh, the glycan is uh, DC So in our study, we observed an uh, increase in this specific glycan. So in children at the onset of this disease, uh, IgG DC was uh, increased. Um, and uh, Olga already mentioned, I will just briefly again uh, uh, go through it, that uh, this sialic acid uh, on this glycan uh, is negatively charged, so due to uh, a, a, a charge repulsion between uh, these uh, specific glycans and antigen, uh, it uh, uh, at the end affects uh, affinity uh, for antigens of this uh, fragment. Uh, also, uh, what what was also very interesting observation at the onset of the disease was increasing bisecting glucan structures. And from uh, many previous studies, uh, it was shown that uh, bisecting GlucNac is associated with uh, increase in IgG ability to destroy target cells through antibody-dependent cellular cytotoxicity uh, and through its uh, affinity to FC-gamma receptors. So um, this this was important to us because uh, Uh, it is considered that one of the main triggers of um, um, type 1 diabetes, one of the triggers could be uh, possibly virus uh, attack or pathogen attack. So uh, this could be the process uh, that uh, is involved in fighting uh, with these infections. Also uh, for uh, IgG glycans, uh, it was demonstrated previously that Specific uh, the changes in their specific uh, uh, st- change in one specific structure of this glycan um, is associated with increase in complement activation. Uh, so, for example, if uh, you have um, uh, terminal glucanx uh, on these IgG structures, and if you remember, I, I also mentioned that we identified increase in these uh, structures that terminate with glucanx, and also in structures that terminate with high Uh, So in previous studies, especially involving rheumatoid arthritis, it was shown that actually IgG with those kind of structures uh, activate uh, complement activation through mannose binding lectin pathway. So before this study, it was uh, not known that IgG can activate uh, this uh, part of the complement pathway. It was known that IgG can activate uh, classical uh, pathway of the complement activation. And this is also through glycan interaction. So glycan interacts with uh, C1Q of the complemented and activates uh, classical pathway. But in rheumatoid arthritis, it was shown that IgGs with terminal gluconics activate the mannose binding lectin and complement activation and contribute to joint inflammation in uh, rheumatoid arthritis and even can precede uh, the disease onset and they can uh, uh, later uh, stratify the patients. So many of these studies were done uh, on rheumatoid arthritis. Uh, uh, this large cohort uh, also enabled us to study glycosylation differences which are associated with uh, gender and um, uh, age. Uh, so actually, uh, we can also say age at diagnosis, because these children that we studied were uh, at, the, uh, at the beginning of their disease, so when they were diagnosed, so within uh, three months of the diagnosis uh, of their disease, we have their plasma samples of that time point. So uh, uh, significant glycosylation differences between genders uh, were mainly observed uh, upon onset of puberty, which was expected uh, uh, since we already uh, did uh, many different cohorts, glycan cohorts in general population, uh, and we already observed uh, uh, hormonal influences on uh, uh, glycosylation. However, some of the derived traits, uh, which uh, were significantly different between these studied groups, changed even before the onset of the puberty. This was also very interesting to us. For example, those bisecting like structures on both uh, uh, on both IgG and on both uh, uh, plasma proteins changed uh, between, uh, 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 differed between genders even before the onset of puberty. Um, and also um, uh, we, uh, We think that it is important to examine these differences, since uh, type 1 diabetes may also have a hormonal component, uh, since it was demonstrated that after the onset of puberty, uh, male uh, male gender is more uh, at risk of uh, developing this disease. But uh, regarding these uh, results, it is somewhat hard to to comment on it, because uh, some of the uh, uh, risk-increasing associated glycans were decreasing in one gender and some risk-associated increasing glycans uh, were in uh, different directions, so here it's uh, a little uh, more complicated to comment uh, on this part. After this uh, N-glycosylation analysis, uh, we performed genetic association studies. So this was also the first genetic association study on glycosylation data in type 1 diabetes. And for a total of uh, 1,105 uh, children uh, with uh, type 1 diabetes from this registry, then Diabkit registry, we obtained uh, almost two, uh, 200,000 SNPs. So uh, we identified almost uh, uh, 200,000 genetic markers uh, in each of these uh, uh, childhood cases. And uh, we uh, genotyped these uh, children with immunochip. And uh, then we tested uh, these uh, genetic uh, markers, SNPs uh, with variable levels of uh, uh, IgG and plasma glycans. Okay, so what, uh, uh, what we got as a result uh, uh was uh, that uh, a novel association was uncovered uh, for n transferase MGT3 and specific IgG glycans so uh, uh in the general european population uh, so the uh, the largest uh, genetic actually genome wide association study uh, that was done in the general european population comprised uh, around 8000 uh, individuals and uh, From these data, never before, these specific SNPs uh, that uh, are within the candidate, the free gene, were associated with this specific glycan. And if you remember uh, from the uh, first part of the talk, this specific glycan was that dc allelated glycan, uh, which was increased uh, in in type 1 diabetes, uh, recent onset cases. So here we identified the genetic variants contributing uh, to these changes. Uh, also, uh, what is uh, interesting is that in the general European population, this specific glycan uh, was uh, never before associated with this uh, 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 gene, but was associated with one different glycosyl transferase, which is uh, ASTX-GAL1, and this transferase uh, encodes protein uh, that is responsible for addition of sialic acid. And also another interesting thing was that in this study on recent onset type 1 diabetes cases, Uh, most significant genetic associations were with MGAT3 gene, and in the general European population, most significant uh, genetic associations were again with STS6-GAL1. So it seems that something is happening here and is changing the regulation of these two transferases. And I will later comment on this and why do we think uh, this is happening. Uh, okay so uh, regarding the plasma glycosylation uh, uh, we identified novel genetic locus associated uh, with plasma glycosylation so complement component c3 gene so uh, in the largest uh, genome wide association study uh, on glycosylation data uh, this gene was never before associated with plasma glycosylation so uh, what is also very interesting is that uh, a missense actually missense variant in this gene was associated with levels of high mannose glycan. So usually in genetic association studies, usually those variants that are identified are in, in intergenic regions. So here we identified variants uh, that causes amino acid substitution within this gene. It is a missense variant, and this variant was associated with decrease in one specific plasma uh, glycan, so high mannose glycan. So if there is a change from cyclic. To acyclic amino acid within the C-free gene, within the C protein, at the end, there is a decrease in um, uh, levels of high glycan. Uh, so uh, we searched through the literature uh, trying to explain this association, and we found out that uh, the C free gene product, which is a complement C free protein, the main uh, protein of the complement activation pathway, uh, has such associated menine glycan on its surface. And this uh, uh, meninglycan is uh, uh, actually located at the uh, domain which is uh, uh, included uh, in pathogen binding of the uh, C3 protein. So, this was also very interesting uh, uh, to us. Uh, uh, and also, uh, uh, we uh, found out that uh, from the literature that uh, this specific variant that we identified is uh, in high linkage disequilibrium, which means that is. That it is often co-inherited with another uh, variant, which was previously associated with type 1 diabetes risk. So this uh, variant from the literature is uh, was identified in, uh, in TEDDY study, um, and also our identified uh, C3 variant uh, is was previously associated with uh, altered complement activation. So it, uh, it was uh, actually associated with increased. Um, uh, alternative complement activation pathway, uh, and we really believe that this um, uh, may be uh, uh, important uh, for the onset of this diseases. complement uh, was uh, associated with uh, uh, some of these processes happening at the onset of the disease. Uh, also, we uh, searched uh, through the researchers uh, to check for possible pleiotropy of these uh, identified variants. Uh, with other uh, uh, gene or protein expression. So the variants uh, that we identified in the MGAT3 gene, so in the candidate, so variants that we identified uh, were not uh, for MGAT3 gene, were not uh, within the gene, but in the intergenic region, close to n glycosyl transfer is MGAT3. So if you remember, I already told that usually genetic association studies Uh, usually identify uh, uh, variants in intergenic regions. And then later you have to search uh, for candidate genes uh, um, uh, responsible for these changes. And here it was uh, uh, biologically plausible that MGat3 is the candidate gene because this variant was close to MGat3. And uh, MGat3 is is responsible for the formation of uh, such associated glycans. And also what was interesting is that uh, these variants in free gene are associated with, uh, within the candidate 3 gene are associated with increased mgat free expression in B cells. and B cells act- activated. B cells are IGG producers. Uh, so uh, uh, this was uh, relevant because this, this explains why uh, we might see uh, uh, these associations. And also one interesting thing was that these variants uh, were associated with uh, increased interleukin-6 receptor B expression in plasma. So this interleukin-6 receptor uh, B is uh, also known as soluble glycoprotein 130, and uh, it inhibits uh, interleukin-6 trans signaling and uh, enhanced T-cell responses to interleukin-6 were previously associated with early clinical uh, disease. And also one other thing which I already mentioned is that uh, these variants that were um, identified uh, within the C3 gene, so in this case, uh, really within the gene, not in intergenic regions. So within the c gene uh, are in high linkage disequilibrium with another variant previously associated with uh, risk of developing type 1 diabetes in the TEDx study among uh, those individuals that are uh, having one of the highest risk genotypes uh, associated with this disease. Uh, With having these results in mind, uh, we are continuing our research, Uh, we hope uh, to uh, identify molecular mechanisms of these changes and uh, possible impact of these changes uh, on type 1 diabetes risk or progression Uh, and Olga uh, will now uh, just finish our talk. Okay, sorry, thank you. Uh, No,
1: I don't have anything to add about the topic. I just want to thank, so I wanted just to thank all our collaborating institutions and uh, funders uh, and also the people who recognize the importance of this work and are now willing to join our research. Uh, As um, I already, um, it was already previously mentioned, we are now analyzing glycosylation in NDS samples. So trying to see what is going on prior to disease uh, onset. So following glycans from birth to the development of uh, autoimmunity and some similar um, research. So thank you very much.
0: Thank you very much for this excellent talk. I'd like to open it up to our audience. If they'd like if you'd like to ask a question, feel free to unmute yourself. Wants to share a resource. Someone has shared, she shared a resource with you guys for the T2DHughJamp.org. Yeah, thank you. Which is um, had a recent paper sort of describing its um, you know, impact. Um, and uh, it, it's it's been able, it's been great, and that's been driven by uh, Noel Burt at uh, the MIT the Broad. May I
2: ask you a question?
0: Yes, please.
2: Thank you very much for this talk. And my question is, if you um, uh, have a- analyzed some uh, um, a glycosylated uh, hemoglobin, hemoglobin. In, in diabetes.
1: So uh, yeah, from the side of, uh, you mean just the glycosylation or glycation of the, because the usually the glycation of hemoglobin is something that is, that is studied in the form of uh, modifications, modification. No, we actually, we do not study um, glycation. We only study this enzymatically added glycans, enzymatically added sugars. So this is, let's say, our main uh, research interest. But uh, in our um, studies, uh, in those involving both type 2 and type 1 diabetes, we often correlate uh, our glycosylation with with HbA1c uh, levels. So uh, it was shown actually by others and also by us that um, the modification in glycans, especially this shift toward the increased branching, is always, always, is often, is always, let's say, not all, but it's often, um, actually in the um, direct relation. So it's um, you know, with uh, HbA1c levels. And um, sometimes it is speculated that uh, actually the increase in the levels of glucose in our blood uh, m- m- that starts this, um, um, sorry, I'm tired. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> what yeah, I was can the also the comment Hexosamine.
2: Hexosamine, sorry. Yeah,
1: like, yeah it, I mean, it's uh, almost eight. PM <laughs> here, so we are working all day. So hexazamine pathway and increased influx of glucose through hexazamine pathway. And the result of this pathway is the UDP glucnac which is actually the substrate for glycosylation. So we are just studying this. Uh, enzymatically, cha- Enzymatic changes, enzymatic additions, but yeah, we correlate them with um, glycation of hemoglobin and so that there is relation. And this is also what I mentioned that she saw uh, this uh, connection uh, that we saw connection uh, with increased glycans in adult population with already developed complications, contrary to children who had this Uh, let's say lowered branch glycans predominantly present. And these highly branch glycans are probably actually just the consequence of this um, uh, bad um, glucose uh levels or how to say it in um uh metabolic, regulation they're not, yeah, metabolic yeah they're that the, those peoples of course are not always perfectly regulated so uh this uh this uh, result in decrease in increase of this complex glycans that are not present at the end of the disease so but I at the, the onset
2: of the disease we observe a completely different change so towards very simple glycans whereas in adult patients with diabetes complications very complex glycans were associated with uh, uh, this glycated uh, hemoglobin so this is not uh, this something else is happening here so this is not a consequence of increased uh, glucose or uh, do- those yeah. kind of pathways that can also occur of course and it is also maybe
1: interesting to mention that meanwhile, after yeah, these papers were published, we actually developed the high-throughput method for the analysis of C3 glycoprotein, com- complement component. So as this was the hit, uh, but we didn't have the tools to study it. So we developed this high-throughput method. And we saw that also on this um, isolated protein, so on C3, the forms that are mostly increased Uh, on the protein are those that were um, would say more simple, but earlier in this glycosylation pathway. So yeah, it is also interesting and maybe in some relation to this.
0: Yeah, that's very interesting. Um, Is there anyone else who'd like to contribute or ask another question? Please feel free to unmute yourself or drop something in the chat. Okay, well, in the interest of time, thank you very much uh, for presenting this wonderful um, study. and also um, the fact that this was part of a, a PhD dissertation is phenomenal. Um, right? So I mean, it, it, that's really a congratulations to you both. So thank you. <laughs> um, I hope that uh, many people will uh, watch this and reach out to you perhaps for uh, con- for more collaborations. And when you're talking about this idea of uh, a potential biomarker, that's very hot topic right now, it's particularly, you know, as we're understanding endotypes um, and within type 1 diabetes and understanding, you know, sort of the pathway, the prodrome uh, pathway to type 1 and and how we can um, either extend that or... Um, avoid diagnosis altogether, how can these biomarkers inform that space? So it's a very important topic. And thank you again for joining us. I hope you have a great rest of your evening. Um, thank, thank you, you for much. Yeah, you too. Have a great rest of your day. <laughs> thank you. You're in Los Angeles. Okay. Thanks again. Have a great day. Bye-bye.